church say amen. Say amen again. Certainly we are again grateful that God has allowed us and blessed us to come into his house on his day with his people to sing praises to his high and his holy name. Uh, God is good not just some of the time, but God is good all the time. And he demonstrates his goodness toward us even when we don't and we don't demonstrate our goodness toward him. Aren't you aren't you glad that you don't you don't serve a God who does for us because of us, but does for us in spite of us? Which means that which means that he blesses us even when we don't act right. Uh, when, when we show out, he can just keep on blessing. That's what he that's what he does. And I'm grateful and thankful to him for waking me this morning to see this Lord's Day, which was not promised, allow me to worship him in spirit and truth this day. So it's just a joy to be here. It's good to see all of you who are, who are, who are here. I mentioned to the uh, morning, uh, 8 o'clock service uh, this morning, and I want to ask you to keep, uh, keep Brother Clarence Ross in your prayers, that God will bless him that God will strengthen him, that God will be with him as you continue through this transition uh, for him to become the full-time minister of this church. And uh, I pray that God will give him strength to encourage and enrich his spirit, but I also pray for you, that God will strengthen you, that God will build you, that God will do great things among you. Uh, I told them, and I'll tell you, I, I'm, I'm, I'm glad that God put us all on the same team and, and, that, and that I have, I for a long time, had a spirit of no competition with folk in the church uh, because that's not, that's not what we are about. Uh, we are an organism, and an organism has to work as a union. Wouldn't it be something if I was up here trying to talk to y'all and my hand was out here trying to do something else out of coordination with the rest of my body? I'd just be waiting to see which one of y'all be the first one to run up out of here. Because we are, we are a body, and that's a, that's a New Testament term. Like the church as the body, that's, that's, a, that's a new term because we understand the kingdom, we understand the church, but the body is something else altogether different. And that means that if we are really a body, every part of the body has to work in harmony with all the other parts. So I, I pray that I pray that God blesses you, that God blesses Clarence. I know Clarence, and that God will, will do great things among you. I'm excited to see what God is going to do with you. Uh, I really, really am. Uh -huh. And I pray that I pray that that Plano is made better of the Avenue of Church. So I have you in my prayers. All I ask y'all to do, just keep me prayed up. Uh, God been God been dealing with me and working on me and, and, and fixing me and, and, and breaking me and then putting me back together again. <laughs> I mean, if you ain't never been there, just keep living right because uh, if, he, if, he if he ever put his hands on you, then you're going to know what I'm talking about. But uh, just keep me prayed up. God will, will continue to do uh, in me those things that he wants to do in me. I thought, y'all all right? I thought that I would, I would try to share a message this morning from the book of John chapter, 
chapter 15. Uh, I'm going to try to make it through this. Uh, since 8 o'clock, I done started stopping up a little bit. So if I, if I, if I, if I cut you short, it ain't, it ain't, it ain't you. It's, uh, it's this stuff getting on in my, in my head. John chapter 15 and verse number, verse number 1. John chapter 15 and verse 1. Are you there? When you get there, say amen. All right. Jesus said that I am the vine and my father is the vine dresser. Let me, let me, let me back up and, 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 and read that right. Jesus said that I am the true vine. And if he is the true vine, he's... He's, he's putting himself in contradistinction to something that must be not true. He's contrasting himself to another vine, which, which in fact may be a vine, but it's not the true vine. So Jesus says that I am, I am authentic. I am real. I'm, I'm, that, I'm that real vine that you need to be a part of because there are other vines that you can associate with, but you need to understand that they are not true vines. I am the true vine. And, and he said, I am the true vine, and my father is the vine dresser, which means that if Jesus is the vine, then, then his father is the one who takes care of the vine. He's the one who, who makes sure that that vine is nurtured and that that vine is taken taken care of to be all that it can be in that vineyard. So, so Jesus said, I'm it. And I have the best caretaker in the world because my father is the, is the gardener. He's the vine dresser. He's the one who comes and sees about me. So he said, I'm the vine and my father is the vine dresser. And then he said, every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken unto you. Abide in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. Verse 5, I am the vine. You are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered, and they gather them and throw them into the fire, and they are burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire, and it shall be done for you. By this, my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit. So will you be my disciples. This is an interesting, interesting text because it helps us to, it helps us to understand uh, the life principle between us and Jesus Christ. Uh, it helps us to appreciate the fact that that absent absent of Christ we really we really are nothing there's not there's not much to us when you take Christ out of the equation when when you look at when you look at your spiritual life your spiritual life 
is not determined by who you are, but your spiritual life is determined by who you are connected to. And what Jesus does here is Jesus says that when you, when you look at your spiritual life, think about it like a vine. He said, I am, I am the vine, you are the branch. And as a branch, your whole, your whole existence is based upon your attachment to the vine. And he, and he proves that. Look at verse 2. He proves that because he says that every branch in me that bears not fruit, what does he do? Y'all reading this with me? Every branch in me that bears not fruit, he takes it, he takes it away. And then he said every branch in me that bears fruit, he prunes. Now, now when, you look at, when, you look at, when you look at this text, when you look at these vines and branches, there's some things that I believe we need to appreciate about the, about, the, about the vine and the branches. And about the vine, we need to understand what the purpose of the vine is. We need to understand what the, what the single purpose of a vine is all about. And the single purpose of the vine is to bear fruit. What other, what other reason do you want a grapevine if you never going to have grapes on it. What, what, what good is it to have, to have all, of this, all of this vine and give it all of this attention if you never intend to see some grapes to show up on the vine? Because, see, the, 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 the vine, the purpose of the vine is to produce some, some fruit. Oh, that mercy. I'm going somewhere with this. Y'all, y'all, y'all hold on. See, 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 a vine... A vine ain't worth a whole lot. You realize that? A, a grape vine, any kind of vine, vines are really not worth it. You can't build nothing with no vine. You can't, you can't go to a grape vine, cut it off, get the wood, build no house. You can't build nothing with a vine. A vine, really, you don't even want to start a fire with a vine because the wood burn up too quick. You can't, a, fire, a vine is not even good for firewood. It burns too fast. So you have to determine what is the real purpose of a vine. How does a, how does a vine have purpose? And the purpose of the vine shows up in the fruit. It shows up by being able to produce, to produce some so we see that a purpose, the purpose of the vine is to bear fruit, but then there is the beauty of the vine because a vine in and of itself ain't really all that pretty. It, it, it winds, it meanders, it, it, it drops, it crawls, it climbs, it does all of these things. Vines are, vines are really not all that attractive. And if vines are not, are not all that attractive, where does a vine find its beauty? And the beauty of the vine is found in the fruit. See, when you walk up to a vine, you don't you don't start you don't start talking about 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 how how beautiful this vine is. You start looking at oh how beautiful these grapes, this fruit is, because the beauty of the vine is seen in the fruit. You don't admire you don't admire the the width of the leaf and the color green of the of the plant. You don't notice all of those things, but what you what you pay attention to and the beauty is in the color, the shape, the size of the of the fruit that this vine is able to produce. The beauty of the vine is found in the 
is found in the fruit. But then there's the value of the vine. And the value of the vine is caught up, is caught up in the progressive productivity of the fruit. Because from, from a vine's perspective, nothing else about it holds value absent from its fruit. And if you look at how Jesus progresses through this text, Jesus wants to show us that what God expects out of us who are branches attached to the vine, God is looking for something from everybody in here, and that is God wants you to be fruitful. And you can be fruitful not because of you, but because of where you are attached to. So when we when we look at when we look at this text, you follow this with me. Follow this with me because because I want you to see I want you to see a couple of things. When we look at verse two, Jesus talks about talks about the branch that is attached in two ways. And the first way he says, every branch where is that branch at? In me, that does not bear fruit. What does he do with it? He takes that branch away. So we have to ask, answer the question, if every branch in me that has no fruit is taken away, what does it mean to be taken away? What, what does it mean to be taken away if I am a fruitless branch in the kingdom? If, if, if I'm going to be taken away because... I've become unproductive or there are no fruit attached to my limbs, what does being taken away mean to me? Can I tell y'all what I always believe? Y'all a rough crowd. That's all right, though. I know you listen. I know you listen. Let, let me tell you what it meant to me. When I, when, I, when, I, when I would read this text and it talks about every branch in me that, that, that bears not fruit, he takes it away. You know what I told people? If, if you you cut off and took and taken off the and taken off the vine. Anybody else want to confess that? No, that's not what you do. I believe I believe that it meant that if you are taken away, it meant that somehow God had severed you from the vine because of your unproductivity and had removed you from the vine. And what that what that means for us is that. We have, been, we have been removed, we have been excommunicated from the kingdom because I have become unproductive. Let me tell y'all something. I'm glad that that is not the, is not the understanding that I, that I have even now because there's too many folk in the church who are unproductive, who have no fruit. And if that's true, then we need to assign a day when we start cutting folk away and taking folk away from the kingdom because they have no fruit on them. I know y'all don't we don't want to see that, right? So if that if if that if that's the if that's one understanding, what is an alternative understanding when he says that every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he takes it away. You have to bear in mind that that God is the vine dresser. He is the garden taker. He is the garden keeper. He's the one who goes in the garden and makes sure that the garden is all right. 
he has planted his son Jesus as the vine in the garden. He loves not only the garden, but he loves the vine in the garden, and he loves the work that he does for the vine. So God loves what he does. And if he walks into his vineyard and finds a, a branch attached to the vine that has no fruit, how does God respond to that vine? How does he respond to that branch? You know, my, I was telling the church uh, this morning, my, my, my grandmother lived in the country. She lived in, in Dime Box, Texas. Y'all probably hear me <laughs> talk about Dime Box all the time. Uh, and, my, and my grandmother, she, she planted a garden. Now, I'm not, I'm not much of a, of, a, of, a, of, a, of a country boy. I'm not much of a gardener. Uh, I didn't really care nothing for the country, but I had to go to the country. And when you go to the country, Big Mama put you to work. Y'all have been. <laughs> Big Mama put you to work. And I would, and I would go in the garden. My, my, my grandmother planted, she planted tomato plants uh, and, and, and all these other things. But, but I remember her planting tomato plants. And tomato plants, if you've ever seen one, the, the, the branches come off of the plant and they, and they droop. And sometimes they, they droop all the way down to the ground. And, and my grandmother, she wouldn't, she wouldn't throw nothing away. She, if she broke a, a, a broom, she would keep the handle. Oh, Jesus. And, 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 and you go in the garden, you may see a broom handle here, axe handle there, or just a piece of wood all scattered throughout her garden. And when she found, when she found a tomato branch, that was drooped over or, or on the ground or hanging too low to the ground. You know what my grandmother would do? She would lift that branch up and put a piece of that axe handle underneath it to keep it propped up. Mm -hmm. When I look at this text, I know that God got more sense than my big mother. Right? Don't y'all tell her neither. <laughs> and, 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 when, and when God sees us, and our lives are drooped over, to the point where we, where we aren't producing any fruit, the first instinct of God is not to cut you off, but the first instinct of God is to lift you up and to give you a chance to become productive in the kingdom. I don't know about nobody else, but I'm thankful that God doesn't walk through his vineyard and look at me and see the fruitless parts of my life. And, and just because of my fruitfulness, fruitlessness cuts me off from the kingdom. I'm glad that God has given me a chance. And i tell you something else about God. He has given me a chance over and over and over again, repeatedly, God has lifted me up just to give me an opportunity to be productive in his kingdom. Let me tell y'all something else. I know I ain't in a crowd all by myself. I'm looking at some folk right in here that God has given multiple chances to be productive in his kingdom. And God has picked you up more than once and dusted you off and made you ready for service again. Because that's what God does. He lifts us. 
gives us a chance to produce in his kingdom. So when we read that every branch in me that bears not fruit, he takes away. He's just trying to get you to see how much God loves you as a branch to give you a chance to show your worth in the kingdom of God. He props you up. He props you up. Anybody ever been propped up by God? Huh? You, you know, when everybody else, when everybody else walked by and saw you down, you know what we do? We want to put our foot on the neck of the one who is down. We want to keep you down. But God has a way of picking you up, giving you every opportunity to be productive. He takes you away. He lifts you up. He gives you a chance. He said, every branch in me that bears not fruit. And it's important because the branch is in me, which speaks to the location of the branch. That branch is not out here somewhere. This branch is attract, attached to the true vine. So being attached to the true vine, you are in the right place. You just not doing all that God wants you to be. Every branch in me that bears not fruit, something happens to that branch. He takes it away. Then he says, every branch in me, location in me, that bears fruit, he prunes or he purges that it might bring forth more fruit. Huh, isn't that something? Isn't that something? Let me, go, let me take y'all. Y'all mind me taking you back to dime box one more time? <laughs> y'all ain't going to go if y'all don't go with me, right? Uh, uh, uh. Another thing used to happen when I would go, go in my grandmother's garden with my grandmother, she, uh, she, uh, she, would, she would always have a, a big knife that she carried around in the garden with her. I, I imagine sometimes she killed snakes, but she did some other stuff with it too. She, she walked around with a, with a big knife in her pocket. And sometimes she would walk up on a plant and I would see her bend over and start doing something with that knife. Then she'd walk around again and she'd bend over and start doing something with that knife. And I discovered <coughs> that what my grandmother was doing is my grandmother was pruning those plants. She was purging those plants. And, and in, order to, in order to purge a, a plant, you got to know what you're looking at. I say this, everybody, everybody don't need to be trying to prune anyway. <laughs> I'm going to just go on and finish this, y'all. I, I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't need anybody trying to prune me. If you're going to prune me, at least you need to know something about pruning. See, you, everybody don't need to be rebuking everybody. Okay, that's going somewhere. You got to know something about it. And, and God knows how to prove. And, and notice that he said, every branch in me that bears fruit, he purges it with a purpose to bring forth more fruit. You know, uh, sometimes you can, you, can, you can be productive. 
you can be doing you can be doing the right thing. There can be fruit in your life. Uh, you trying you trying your best to serve God faithfully, and in the best of your service, God decides to prune you. Anybody ever wondered uh, why this happened to me? You never asked that question. Anybody anybody over here ever asked? God, why am I going through this? Why am I having to deal with deal with this? I, I mean, I'm trying. I'm trying my best. Why are you why are you why are you taking that and moving this and moving that? Why are you working on my life? And yet God decides to prune us. And what I'm trying to get you to see is. Don't get, don't get mad at God when God starts pruning and cutting stuff out of your life. Because left to us, we might not ever cut some stuff out. But God knows what to take out, what to move, what to reposition in order to get the most out of me. Because if it's left to me, I ain't going to cut nothing out. I think I'm fine, just like I am. Lord have mercy. Y'all know that's right. But yet God decides, maybe I need you to have another job. And God prunes that job out of your life. Maybe there's some folk in your life that's too toxic and God said, you don't need them no more. Let me move you over here. Or maybe you too toxic for them. Let me move you over here. And we get upset with God for pruning and cutting stuff out of our life. Can I tell you why that is? Because anything that gets cut got to be painful. Cutting is, cutting is a painful process. It's a, it's a painstaking process, but it's a painful process because sometimes cutting hurts us. It wounds us. And anything wounded has to heal. I'm telling you that sometimes the pruning process can be worse than the cutting off process. Because the wounds have to heal. He said every branch that is producing, he prunes it so that it can be more, more productive. He said, you cling to the word which I've already spoken unto you. You already, you already clean. What you got to learn how to do is just simply abide in me because you can't do nothing by yourself. You can't, you can't produce by yourself. I don't, care, I don't care how good you are. You're not good enough to produce in the kingdom by yourself. Absent from your connection to the vine. Can I give you a couple more of these? Y'all mind? I'm gonna give them to you anyway. <laughs> let me let me give you a couple more. Let me, let me look down look down at verse five. I'm gonna try to I'm gonna try to hurry through this. He said, "I'm the vine; you are the branches. He who abides in me, and I in him, bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. If anyone notice this, verse six. If anyone does not abide in me, he is what." cast forth as a branch and is withered and they gather them and throw them into the fire and they 
are burned. See, that's what happens to those unattached vines, uh, unattached branches. Branches that are taken away are not taken and thrown into the fire and burned. They are just simply repositioned. They, they, they're, they're given a new position to become, be, to become fruitful. But those branches that are no longer attached to the vine, he tells us clearly what happened to them. They are gathered together. They are thrown into the fire, and they are burned up. It's as if God says, I will judge those branches that no longer have an association with my son. I'll judge those branches that are no longer connected to Jesus. I'll judge those branches that no longer have life flowing through them from the, from the vine itself. I'll, I'll have those branches judged. Can I tell you what that, what that means? If God is the one who deals with those branches that are no longer attached to the vine, we don't need to be trying to do God's business for him. Oh, Lord. God, God, did, God didn't call me to judge that, that branch. You know what I do? I tell him right in a minute. You're going to buzz hell wide open. You're going <laughs> Y'all know how we do. You're going straight. And that ain't even my business. Now, Jesus says that those branches that are not in me, it's clear that they have no association to me. It's clear that they are uh, dis disassociated and detached from me. He said something is clearly going to happen to them. They will be ultimately burned. They're going to be destroyed. They're going to be annihilated. They're going to be gone. Every branch that's not in me. There are two sets of branches. Those attached to Christ and those that are not attached to Christ. And the ones that are attached to Jesus Christ, God clearly wants something from you. And if you notice how, how it progresses from verse 1, he starts out with branches that have no fruit. And branches that have no fruit, what he wants from you is fruit. And branches that have fruit, he wants more fruit. And branches that have more fruit, God wants much fruit out of you. God wants you to be as productive as in his kingdom as you can be. You know why that's important? That's important because, because, because the, the, the branch has the life of the vine flowing through its own body. Isn't that something? And when you have, when you have the life of the vine flowing through you, God has great expectations from your life. Let me tell you what I think of. When you are attached to Christ, I believe that I believe that 
New converts is a fruit. Everybody agree with that? New converts is a fruit. I just don't believe that new converts are the only fruit. I believe that there's some more fruit. And I believe that there's some more fruit that the Spirit produces within us. Uh, love, joy, peace, all of those things, I believe, are fruit of the Spirit. I believe those things that, that have to show up somehow in our lives to be evidence of the fruit that God is looking for. Y'all quiet, that's all. That's some stuff that needs to go in the church. Envy, malice, jealousy, all that kind of stuff. Anger, hatred. That, that's not evidence of an attached life to Christ. That may be a detached branch. But what God is looking for is what is in Christ that comes out in us. You know, when you walk up to a to a pecan tree, what you looking for? That's right. You ain't looking for no peach. You, you ain't looking for no apple. Why? Because this is a pecan tree. And a pecan on the outside is an expression of the inner nature of the tree. So when you walk up to a pecan tree, all you're looking for is pecan. If I see something else, this tree probably needs to get cut. There's something wrong with the tree. When it comes to us as God's children, and our lives are attached to Jesus Christ, there ought to be some evidence on the outside of our life that speaks to the inner nature of who we are. If we have the life of Christ flowing through our veins, there ought to be some fruit on the outside of us that identifies that Jesus lives in me. I ought to have some love, some joy, some patience, some tolerance, a whole lot of stuff that shows up in the life of Jesus just because I have his life flowing through me. God wants to take you from having no fruit, which means that you might be mean today, but you ought not be mean next year. Okay. God wants to see some progression, some productivity in our lives that comes from the life of Jesus within me. Then he does something else. Let me show you this and I'm going to show you this. Look at, look at, look at, look at verse 5. I'm the vine, you're the branches. He abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without, without me you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast forth as a branch and is withered, and they gather them and throw them into the fire. They are burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, notice this, a promise. He said, you will ask what you desire, and it shall be done for you. By this, my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit so will you be my disciple. Now, you see what happens here? Uh, said, if you abide in me, my words abide in you. You will ask what you want, and it'll be done for you. And he said, in this, God is glorified that you bear much fruit. 
uh, if you've ever wondered or if you've ever prayed to God for something and felt as though your prayer has gone unanswered or you felt as though God didn't, God didn't honor your, your, your prayer, before we start questioning God about, God, why, why you haven't blessed me? Why you, maybe we need to take an introspective look and start asking myself, am I as productive in the kingdom as I ought to be because my blessings and my productivity are inextricably tied together? It's not a quick, quick pro quo. It's, it's a matter of being obedient to what God wants from us. And the promise is, the promise is, if you stay connected to Jesus and his words are resonant in your life, there is a subsequent consequence that happens from that and that is you can ask God for whatever you want to ask him for, and God will grant it. Can I give you a caveat? <laughs> uh, everything that God grants has to be within God's will. So if you just ask God for something that's totally out of his will, don't be surprised when it don't show up in your life. If his, if his word is not hidden in your heart, don't be surprised when that blessing don't come. But if you are living for God and you are being productive in his kingdom, Jesus said, ask for whatever you want. Ask for what you want. And it will be done for you. Because God is glorified when God can look at your life and God see fruit from your being connected to his son. God want to bless you. God want to bless you. God want to bless you so you can bless Plano. And you can bless Plano when the life of Jesus is running through your life. So that when folk look at you, they don't see you, but they see Jesus coming out of you because of your connection to him. God wants to bless you, but in order for him to bless you, he needs for you to stay attached to his son. He needs you to stay attached, stay connected. Stay productive. Show off your fruit. Show off your fruit. Because through your fruit, God in heaven is glorified by your life. Holy God, bless this place. Bless this people. Bless this mission. Bless this ministry. Build this place in this community to glorify your name throughout this city. And we vow to you through all of your blessings that we give you all glory. We give you all honor. 
for all that you do. In the name of Jesus, amen. You may be in here this morning, and you need, you need God to, you need the God to help you to bear some fruit. You know whether or not you've been bearing fruit. Nobody even have to tell you. Nobody have to tell me. Nobody tell us. We, we already know. No, I already know. I ain't done everything, and I know I ain't, ain't good at you. I ain't done everything I know I ought to do. I have not been what I should be. God, I need you to help me. If, if, if the only fruit was converts, how many since January 1st have you brought to church? Have you invited? Have you tried to save? If fruit is not the only, if converts are not the only fruit, if love, joy, peace, and all that stuff is fruit, why am, I so, why am I so torn, so angry, so unhappy? Maybe it's because I need the life of Jesus pulsating through my veins. God wants to bless you, but you've got to be willing to give your life to him. If you need the salvation of God, we'll wait on you this morning. If you're already a child of the king, God stands ready right now to give you strength to overcome. But you got to make up your mind to give your life to him right now, even now, while we stand, while we stand.